Welcome to Every Up Member with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my morbid co-host Alexander Volts. Say hello. A very hooby Halloween to our listeners. Happy Halloween, everybody! Yeah, that's I almost forgot what day it is. Uh, oh no, it's like our only tradition. It feels like pretty much. <laughs> yeah, every Halloween we do a, a, a progressively more morbid band, sort of. Yes. We'll talk more about that in a second. This is every album ever the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's usually that's pretty much a new discography every episode. And today we'll be discussing finally every album by Mayhem. <laughs> You're finally covering Mayhem. This is long been a overdue. Long. We covered the closest thing we've covered to Mayhem was episode sixty six. We covered Emperor. Yes. And I I took that as my opportunity to dive deep into the whole lore of the 90s black metal scene in, in Norway and all the murders and all the stuff. So there's like a lot in that episode. I don't want to do that much mm-hmm. here, even though this is the band to do it. We're obviously yes. going to talk about the stuff. We're not going to not talk about the stuff. It's paramount to the, the history <laughs> of music. But uh, I think I went into more detail with all the personalities and the people there. Um, I did. I did. Uh, go back to the book Lords of Chaos and give it, you know, kind of skim through some sections to refresh my memory about some of the things that happened. I'm a few chapters in. It is a fascinating book. I read the shit out of half of it. Yeah. And then the second half I promptly tossed because it's just about <laughs> Satanism. I don't give a fuck about Satanism. Sorry, but um, I just didn't find it very interesting. But the stuff regarding oh. the, the music, super interesting. Those hokey, like, 70s quote-unquote satanist bands are like i'm living for those bands right now <laughs> wait why how i just they're great little little um great little albums like, like legitimately good albums i guess it's more weird there we um go. i'm talking about bands like witchcraft mm-hmm. and black widow um black widow has an album called return to the sabbath um, and then Coven has an album witchcraft and they're not, they're not menacing at all. Uh-huh. I don't think they had the template to do it, yeah, but they are quite, they are singing about Satanism. So yeah, it's like, it's kind of like if Jefferson airplane was singing. That's hilarious. A, yeah. You can't possibly take that seriously. It's, it's hilarious. No, that, to no. be fair, you can't take a lot of when that they try to do that in music seriously it becomes pretty goofy and hokey and even black metal is no different there's moments I, where it's like all right take I, it easy bud i i think you like bought that up here and uh you know the more the more i listen to the more i think like black metal purists are like the funniest people on the planet because like i'll listen to stuff like this and i dig it i do like it yeah but i'm like <laughs> like this this is this is what's like pure and holy like or unholy yeah yeah more or less yeah like this the first three you know dark throne albums the first emperor fucking first immortal cup first couple of birdsome birdsums. yeah and it's just it's it's so like wacky and funny sometimes yeah. like how can how how do you guys take this so seriously well i'll tell you how the 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 OGs took it seriously. They were uh, sociopath children. Oh yes, and that's it's like so. It is one of the most fascinating histories in in, in all of music. Mm-hmm. And when you like read like the details and all the accounts and this person's story and that person's story, the 
the only real explanation and the only real like conclusion is, oh, they're all fucking dickheads. Like they're all just really dumb, childish morons, some of which are legit psychopaths and murderers. And you get different colors of it too you get different like well it was all very a white color but like most there's different like sh- like shades of it so you get like the euronymous you know guy who invented mayhem and black metal kind of invented black metal yeah. he's like this big figure in the whole scene and he was like a huge to it and he was just a little fucking fame chasing little prick oh that (laughs) that letter that he wrote about like being like pure yeah black metal and trashing like like bands like sepultures is trashing death metal in general too so it's so it's so funny like it's pretty hokey yeah yeah and then yeah it's it's funny because like you you like they talk about like shows where they would meet up with other people who like metal music. And you're like, if you listen to anthrax, there's no way like you legitimately like hate them. Yeah, they may, they all, a lot of them met at an anthrax show. <laughs> Meanwhile, Euronymous talked so much, like how he hated having to sell Metallica records at his, at his shop. <laughs> it's like, Metallica's way harder than Anthrax, yeah. dude. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I, I love the idea of Euronymous knowing all the words to I'm the man. <laughs> not a bad song. <laughs> it's not a bad song. I like Anthrax. What the, what's, what's the big deal? So I don't get, think it's a big deal. Yeah. So that guy, you get that guy, and then you get the guy who killed him, Varg, who's just, like, so fucking, so nuts. Such a, like, a piece of shit in every possible like, like le- legitimate white supremacist. So this is the thing. It has layers. It's like, oh, so he's this weird uh, kind of dickhead purist about everything. Okay, that's bad. Oh, wait. He's like super into Odinism. Okay, that's weird. Okay, he's also a murderer. Okay. Oh, he's also a Nazi. Oh, okay. It's like, it just keeps going and going. Like, he just gets progressively worse. And, uh, yeah. Like everything about <laughs> Oh, he also has tons of explosives all the time. <laughs> Like, and he complained about the Norwegian prison system being too soft, which it is. <laughs> I, Honestly, it, it <laughs> him. yeah, yeah. He, I got to a part where they bought up like he'd beg the guards to like beat him, and they're just like, "Oh, buddy, you think this is America? <laughs> Listen, buddy, we respect our citizens. Uh, we they, believe in the reform part." And then, it's, let's not forget all the church burnings, which he started. Yes. I believe he's he's the first one to to do it. I didn't get that f- far, so I don't know the details the way you do. I forgot a lot of the details. I yeah. know he did a handful. He, he might have done the very first one, uh, but I can't say for sure. Um, and it, it's it's all so like juvenile. I think they were like they had to have been in their early twenties, and it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. These are just like really fucked up, disenfranchised kids. They sound they just sound like really fucking bored. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then it's not like really an excuse, but it's something talked about in the book where they try to get like, well, like Norway kind of has like a very or I don't know what it's like now, but before it used to have a very like strict censorship, especially covering violence. So like horror action movies, like things teenage boys are into, you don't really like get that outlet so i think in their head it was like they couldn't see it expressed so to them they were like we can like we we can push it so far 
like they don't know what the the boundaries are and to be in their to in their to their credit they, they pushed quite a bit yes they they did a, a lot of heinous shit there's a lot of murders there's a lot of church burnings there's a lot of there's grave desecration there's uh it's there's so much shit to it so uh tom uh left us a a nice little note here about the band because this is we we do want to talk about the music here because whenever whenever anyone brings up mayhem it's always the the dead blues brains out with a shotgun they use those skull fragments for necklace like it's all that crazy shit i did want to say that i feel like that the like lore of the band this like story the shadow this like it's to it it hangs over the band way too much like it is it's everything it's why anyone would be interested in the band if they're not already deep in extreme metal yeah but well if you this if you just fucking breathe and like realize i don't want to call them a normal band like yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised by this discography it is a good discography. they're a good band yeah like yeah we 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 know of the first album the infamous first album. we know about that everything else is also pretty fucking good yeah it's crazy i was not expecting to enjoy the band this much i yeah i had no i had no idea because that first record is so infamous extremely extremely yeah uh but tom our history guy you should all check out and follow um he got some notes here but he you have to uh his own little perspective he says when it comes to bands burdened under the weight of their own non-musical mythologized history mayhem must surely be one of the ultimate cases yes they are says I remember reading the, uh, the Lords of Chaos book by Diedrich Sutherland and Michael Moynihan many years ago and, and being fascinated and horrified by the salacious goings on. Uh, I think we can both echo that. Didn't really get mayhem musically at that point. It was too harsh for me in my uh, in the early 90s. Listening to it now, I better understand the appeal. I'm glad Tom and I had a similar music. I can't say that word. Tra- 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 trajectory. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where like I like slowly got into more and more slow yeah i i heard this first album years ago and, and I'm, I, I'm surprised you didn't say when you were nine years old i wasn't nine but i was <laughs> 17 <laughs> that's old for you and it's old for me yeah, yeah. seven 15 or, or like 15 or 16 to like 19 were my metal years uh when i was really obsessed but he goes on to say he says i don't really want to dig too deeply into all the story around the band as i think it would be nice for once to honor the band's existence as a musical force rather than obsessing about the gory stories around them but you can't really avoid it altogether can you no we no. can't uh he also adds here, which is I find quite charming. He says, but 15 years ago, fuck, I'm old. I visited Oslo and like a proper fucking tourist, I actually visited what used to be the hell shop run by Euronymous or Helvet. Helvet. I think it's how you pronounce it. Um, as well as one of the churches previously burned down by Varg. Uh, there are photos of me down in the cellar posing in front of an upside down cross and outside the church, but they'll never see the light of day because really, what could be lamer? <laughs> I don't know. I love them. I love them. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty fucking lame, dog. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Take your pick, which who, who said you want? Uh, says not wanting to dwell on the salacious biography of the band. All that stuff is quite neatly summarized on a fan site I found, and occurs before the release of the first album proper. So here we go. Yeah, so uh, we could talk all about the the dirty, crazy, wild history of the band mm-hmm. um, a little bit, and then we'll jump into the, the albums and be more you know mm-hmm. professional. So yeah, uh, they started in 1984, inspired by Venom, which is not surprising. Yes. At all. Yes. The like Venom and then uh check out our Celtic Frost 
interview. Hell those yeah. are like the episode. Yep. Those are like the granddaddies of uh, black metal, where maybe they're not black metal proper, but uh, laid a lot of groundwork. A lot of groundwork, especially Celtic Frost, where it's like the, the symphonic elements, the makeup. Um, yeah, it's pretty big influence. And then Venom literally writing the song and album black metal. Yep. Uh, even though they were, they were just like a, like a motorhead, but b- more brutal. Yeah, um, we did cover Probot though, and like, oh yeah, Kronos is like one of the craziest, raspiest, oh yeah, unique voices in in metal. I think killer voice, really, and also hugely uh, a big influence. Uh, they're also site um, uh, sarcophago or sarcophago. I don't really know how it's pronounced. Brazilian band, um, one of the you know the earliest instances of corpse paint. Uh, I knew a lot of people in high school who were big fans of, of that band. Mm-hmm. Never, never listened to them once. I just wasn't in my the cards for me at the time. I watched a, a quick little like short documentary. I don't remember if it was Vice or Noisy, one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, about like Native Americans on like reservations who listen to like metal and black metal, and uh-huh. they talk about like um because bought up like a Brazilian band doing like proper like corpse paint they talk about how like corpse paint is kind of like in the culture it's obviously not called that but Uh. like it's so interesting like oh yeah you're right yeah yeah yeah, of course yeah it's so interesting like north american and and south america having this like corpse paint like in history that's right yeah uh yeah you see like ritual use and stuff it's Humans are pretty predictable. Like we, we have like the same bolt. We, we have, have same, patterns and yeah, we have yeah. the same beats pretty much throughout the course of history. Murder, war, banging, lots of banging. Just want to hear the hits, baby. Just, that's all we're here for. <laughs> that's why we're watching. We're watching an episode on mayhem for the hits. Uh, so yeah, you're on. I was heavily inspired by all of that, and like by all by most of the accounts, like in the book, he seemed like a really charismatic dude who was really like. He was good at getting things done. He's kind of like a cult leader. A little bit. He was the like the Pied Piper. Yeah, he 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 definitely exhibited those symptoms more as the time went on. Sure. When, like the the popularity got to his head, and eventually he became he kind of became obsessed with his own image, where he started believing all of like what everyone else thought he was. Mm. And then he started trying to act like that. And then all the people close to him were like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like got high off his own supply. Exactly. And it turned, it's one of the reasons Varg hated him so much. One of the reasons he's also a fucking lunatic. Varg is out of his goddamn mind. Yeah. And I want to talk more about like his testimony because it's insane. He's, he's so out of his fucking gourd, but uh yes yeah, so, so he was good at like getting the people together and starting this look and, and it, getting it to catch on in a way uh and having like a, at least a vision for it uh later on he would start kind of like shitting on it and like he was very uh i think they say this in the book too he was a he's like king of revisionist history where he would mm. he would say like no no mayhem was always black metal from the start when you look when you listen to the first ep and the first demo it's like oh they're death metal yeah it's like black metal just didn't exist yet and mm-hmm. he's you know, it was a lot of that kind of stuff where all the talks of what's pure and, and we're going to take down this establishment because uh, and I'm a communist. Take that. I take that. Back. I'm a fascist. That's how it, like he's always changing ideologies. He's always yeah. just hopping to the next thing. He's that kind of he's very un- unstable, dude. That's kind of just what the, the overall impression I got of the guy um, from all the different accounts. But 
1985, Slayer Magazine founder John Metallion Christensen meets the band. And in 1986, they released the Pure Fucking Armageddon demo. Mm-hmm. And in 87, they released the Death, the Death Crush EP, which we are going to be covering. Mm-hmm. Death Death Crush. Who was on Death Crush? I believe it was um, it was Maniac. Ma- Maniac is on vocals. Who's um, Sven Eric Christensen? Euronymous. Euronymous. Necro Butcher. Necro Butcher. Who will get? He'll return later on. And Mayhem within within. Oh, uh, Mannheim. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that lineup. Um, Will, minus Euronymous will return after all the shit hits the fan mm-hmm. but in the, in the the beginning days it's like a wholly different band it's a completely different band uh, in 1988 Dead joins the band um, Dead is Per uh, Ingve Olin mm-hmm. he was a, he's a Swedish he was a Swedish guy he sang for the band Morbid in Sweden uh, him and Hellhammer join Hellhammer on drums. Yeah. Hellhammer, by the way, the permanent drummer. As soon as he jo- he joins, he's the permanent drummer. Fucking amazing. He's like fucking madman looking from like. I I don't think he's on. No, he's not on Death Crush. But no. first album to their most recent thing. Yeah. Like I think of uh, a Lars who this kind of st- is like stagnant. Yeah. Where like, has the style sticks with the style where like Hellhammer is like really pushing himself. It's insane. Not, so it's not even just like, oh, I'm going to try this style now. It's I wonder how fast I can go. I wonder how fast the human body can move yeah. on these drums. Like he he does things that sound fake. I think people have questioned like whether if that's a drum machine or not, because that's how fucking crazy he is. Yeah, like he's. It's crazy. Like he's probably a better drummer now than when he was like in his twenties. Listening to the stuff, I can only imagine so. Because, uh, and all the all the changes that he does, they're like, they seem very intentional. Like, well, what what, are, especially like toward the end of the discography, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's doing, he's still playing differently. He's not just, I don't know, he's, he's a very interesting drummer. But him and Dead joined the band, and in the same year, Varg. Uh, Vikernes, I, I don't want to pronounce his name properly, but Varg, aka Count Grishnak. Um, that's also the same year he formed Burzum. He's not really a count. Is he, he is no count. <laughs> He's some dude with guns and flags. But Dead joins, and Dead is a very... Uh, he's like the quintessential mayhem vocalist, and there are no... There's there's live recordings. Oh, yeah. I listened to I listened to like two or three different live albums with Dead. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard them actually heard them several times in the past, but I, I went back and listened to them just just to refresh. Yeah, his, he's he's the quintessential black metal vocals. Mm-hmm. He's like the guy. Yeah. Um, especially that early on, singing like that, he was just he was the guy. He's also a weird fucking dude, super introverted, um, really 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 depressive, uh, and. He moved from Sweden to to Norway to join the band, and that was just the fucking wrong move for this dude's mental health. I mean, holy shit. I don't know. I don't know if there's any saving this man. No. His name is Dead. He called himself He used to bury his clothes yeah, uh, the for way, weeks at a time. Just the, so you have the essence, he would call it the essence of death, so he could be wearing that. Yeah, like the way it's it's like also oddly peaceful he's this guy was born to die like yeah he, he was looking forward to it like everyone um 
in, in the book, there was all kinds of interviews saying like, oh, yeah, we all expected him to do it like sooner or later. It was just kind of a matter of when, yeah. which is a, a pretty callous way to look at suicide already. But then you look at the way Euronymous and Hellhammer uh, got the news. And it's like, you guys are fucking psychopaths. You guys are psychopaths. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. We'll get to it. But so dead is this really interesting, lanky, skinny dude really personifies his name and. Uh, he he starts he he uh, lives with Euronymous in this like Euronymous and uh, maybe Hellhammer someone else um, in this house and he's always butting heads with Euronymous he kind of hated him uh, Euronymous is a fucking whose real name by the way um, I, I skipped over I can't pronounce it correctly because it's in a different language Oystein Arseth oh they're they're uh, in wrestling they call your real name your your shoot name shoot name yeah yeah the shoot names are way less interesting than the- they're spelled interestingly but they're not quite as catchy yeah. and they also usually have umlauts and slashes and the o's and whatnot but anyway uh yeah arset uh euronymous whatever so uh, this dude like some of the, the the stories are like what person does stuff like this yeah like one story where uh, Dead was trying to sleep. I guess it was late at night. Dead was trying to sleep. Euronymous is blasting this, I guess, like dancey electronic music that Dead hated. Like mm-hmm. he's like fucking. So he got so angry that he's blasting this music when he's trying to sleep that he grabs his pillow and he goes to sleep in the woods. So he goes to sleep in the woods. And what does Euronymous do? He decides that now is a good time to go hunting birds. So he goes outside and starts firing gunshots into the air while he's trying to sleep in the woods. Fucking like, hell. It sounds like hell. It sounds like hell. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So uh, they join and you can find recordings of it. It's really rough recordings. It sounds like shit. It's really not an optimal way to hear these songs. It's it's a really, it's a disservice to like, you know, how crazy of a situation and what the performances were because um, it just sounds like, you know, dog shit demo quality, mm-hmm. bad live recordings, but it's still worth to listen for, you know, just to, to hear his voice. But 1990, was first was Mayhem's first official gig, which is already kind of wacky that it took them six years to get <laughs> one gig. Really weird. Yeah. Uh, Dead uh, cut himself so badly that he was apparently sick and pain for the rest of the night, and he so he tried, he tried to go to the hospital afterward, but it was too late, and they couldn't give him stitches. <laughs> Holy shit. He he. Bro- so uh, what was the exact story? I forget which song it was, but there was a, it was a song <clears throat> with um, a big instrumental break, and. He'd been talking about doing it for a long time before. Mm-hmm. So they're like, everyone, he knew everyone was expecting him to do it. So there was like no backing out now. Mm-hmm. So he broke a bottle and he did it and it was bad and it was bad and it was gushy and it was bloody. And also the same show, uh, they had severed pig's heads on steaks. Oh, yeah. Which is like, good job selling it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I get why the the whole town in 1988 was freaked or 1990 was freaked out. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's also like if you want some black humor, like just dead trying to get the stake through the head, like he couldn't do it, like he was having a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> it's just absurd. It's fucking absurd. Like how is this? How is that a real story? Jesus H. Also, yeah, this like. To live in a place that's kind of so secluded that you like have access to all this stuff is, uh oh yeah yeah there's a yeah I'm I'm amazed by like how many weapons they had they had so many weapons they're just white trash 
Yeah, oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. totally absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> just because you have an umlaut over your name doesn't. They're white trash, but they somehow like it's white trash with like we also like medieval stuff. <laughs> it's kind of I mean they have like fucking morning stars and shit. It's it's and and chain mail. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty it's kind of that makes me laugh. That's pretty fucking funny. But 1991, Dad shoots himself uh with a shotgun. Uh and Euronymous finds him, finds the body, and it's a gruesome mess. And if you've seen the cover of, what is it, Dawn of the Black Hearts, you've the, seen what it looks like. Or there's a black and white picture in Lords of Chaos. Yeah, there's a black and white. Yeah, there's a black and white. And I'm photo. glad it's black and white. I don't. The color version is on it, Dawn of the Black Hearts. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize, because I, I, I wanted to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I went to listen to it, and then I saw, I was like, oh, damn, that's a <laughs> fucking bummer. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, it's, it's no uh, ghetto boys. If you're going to take a member, a photo of a member who shot himself, I prefer that ghetto boys cover. Prefer the ghetto boys. but Because that man su- survived. He survived. But <laughs> Shout out to Bushwick Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so he shoots himself. Euronymous finds a body. And before calling the cops, before doing it, the first thing he does is he leaves to go get a camera because he's a fucking psychopath. He comes and he starts taking photos. He collects pieces of the skull. Mm-hmm. Um, rumors went around that he like made a stew out of the brains, which is by all, by most accounts like a complete rumor and not true at all. But he did make necklaces out of the skull fragments and gave them to like people he deemed worthy. Mm. He gave one to like Faust, the German from Emperor, who's also a murderer who we talked about. Yes, killed a, an innocent guy just for no reason. Um, Maybe possibly a gay panic. Well, it was a gay guy, but it, it seemed way more like. Yeah, I'll just kill this guy. It was more, it was it was it was not like a, an act of rage. It was an act I, of like I'm going to lure you over here. Let's just do this. Yeah, I think we we talked about that. Yeah, kind it was kind of like confusing. It, it it was I don't think it was gay panic. I think he he because the way he talked about it afterward, he's like yeah, yeah just one. Yeah, just I felt like I wanted to kill someone, uh, and then they all kind of looked at him like Varg w- looked at uh at what's his name? Um, I think his name was Faust. He looked at him like. Shit, man, he killed someone. Fuck. Fuck, he did it first. Shit. Fucking, Fuck, I gotta kill someone now. Fucking James Cameron of black metal raising the bar. Raising the bar. That's how they... Because that, they're fucking kids. That's how, that's how the, the church burnings got out of hand. Because like they saw one guy do it. Like, well, I, I want to do it. I want to be extreme. Yeah. I'm extreme too. This guy killed someone. I'll kill someone. Uh, it was a lot of like that kind of dick measuring stuff. But... Uh, yeah, so he gave like a necklace to, to Faust. He gave one to Hellhammer, I imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe it was. I think Euronymous and Hellhammer took the parts of the skull and made the necklace out of it. Um, but it it's it's gnarly. And uh, no one was surprised that Dad killed himself. Everyone said like the night of, he seemed way happier than usual, which is, we hear that a lot with suicides. Didn't he even like kind of pose? No, no, he just... He wrote uh, like "excuse the mess" in his suicide note. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. cracking jokes. Yeah, and he and he was wearing a, a a shirt, a white shirt that says "I heart Transylvania" on it. Yeah, uh, he he's a v- morbid dude, uh, but everyone was like, "Yeah, no one was even sad by it because that's how the fucked up these kids are." Yarnamus uh, was more like, "Ah, oh, damn, he was a good singer." Yeah, but. He also tried to use it as another thing to like marketing and publicity. And- he tried spreading rumors that he uh, dead killed himself because the scene, the black metal scene or something. He, he like tried to well, cash in on it. What's more pure than clout chasing? 
That's what's metal. That's the most metal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 we talk all this big talk about talking about the music and it's a half hour. And we're still talking about the, the, the history. I'll try to run through this. It is interesting though. This is, this is Mike's fast version. It is my fast version. Jesus Christ. So two months later, after Dick killed himself, Euron must open uh, Helvet or Hell, translated, a record store where the black metal community uh, would hang out and make all their contacts. That community would later be labeled as the Black Circle, uh, especially like in the media, where like the Black Circle is responsible for all these church burnings, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Euronymous would convince bands like Emperor and Dark Throne to switch from death metal to black metal, which, uh, to his credit, he did really make it seem like this is the thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dark Throne and Emperor were like, you know, two of the, the best bands that that did it, especially to come out of that. So um, he then opened uh, or he started his record label, Death Like Silence Productions. Uh, I guess Voices of Wonder were their distributor. The Black Circle, uh, before this Morbid Angels show, which was like a, a big a big concert, they all desecrated graves like the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom adds here, they kind of sound like a bunch of assholes, really. They, they just complete uh, assholes. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing sympathetic about them in any way. You would hate them if you encountered them. You don't want to. They're just like dudes you avoid on the street because like, oh, they're going to start some shit for no reason. Yeah. It's like all of them. Uh and then in 1992, Varg burns down. I guess he was the first one. He burned down uh, the Fantoff Norwegian Church. And then on August 1st, 92, uh, the Revheim Church was torched. August 21st, uh, Holmenkollen Church was burned. Ormoya, Skjold, uh, Hankero, Asain, and Sparsborg. They're, all these churches just fucking burned down. It says they were all, uh, all in all, there were 45 to 60 attempts by the Black Circle and surrounding Black metal community. Uh, and then Tom notes here he says i think some men were in need of a more constructive outlet for their energies don't hold your breath because that's after that is in 1993 when varg killed euronymous on august 10th oh yeah 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 uh tom says of course you could talk about the details and events surrounding the killings for killing for hours but let's not so off varg went to prison for 15 years if you want to know what he's up to now Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. No, sorry. Apparently, he got barred four years ago. That's about right. <laughs> he's, got, he's banned everywhere just for promoting fucking na- like straight up Nazi, neo-Nazism and Odinism or whatever the fuck. Um, you can find plenty of like uh, his rantings online. And if you want to have some fun, dude, I mean, holy shit. Like this dude is one of the most unlikable, untrustworthy like voices because you look at his testimony and to this at least i don't know if it's to this day but at least in like the book after he's already been convicted he's still uh trying to make the case that it was self-defense when everyone is like no dude he planned the whole thing out this is yeah. how he planned to kill him yeah he drove fucking eight hours to out go- of his <laughs> yeah uh, like Euronymous was like woken up in the middle of the night in his underwear what, what's what's the, there's no self-defense uh and the I have to, but I, I know I don't want to harp on this whole the story for too long. But it made me laugh so much. Part of his defense when he was telling uh, one of the interviewers, I he said I have these rifle gloves uh, that were in my pocket. If I was going to kill him, I would have put on the gloves. How come they were in my pocket, huh? That's not that's. Come on, that's not first degree. I didn't have the gloves on. <laughs> he didn't have the gloves on, Alex. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It wasn't first degree because he didn't wear the gloves. I didn't wear the gloves. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't he like also brag about like selling dead the ammo he used? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he he. I think he sent it. He, I don't even think he sold to him. I think he just gave it to him. Something, whatever. Yeah, and they found a bunch of fucking explosives in his home. Uh, it's 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 pretty it, fucking this wild. Like a terrorist. No, he, he's actually yeah, basically yeah. He's obsessed with explosives. He was destroying property. He's Killed a murderer. Someone, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a legit fuckhead. But like, um, what was it? Every every other person, it's like. There was, in addition to, <laughs> this is how much he it was planned. <laughs> he he had it set up to where he left a, a, an ATM card for his friend to withdraw money to late at night out. to give him a, an alibi. They rented a movie that night to pretend that, and there was a movie that they had already seen, so they could describe what happened mm. in the movie if they needed to. All these like steps, but they made a mistake that they, he left the wrong card, so it didn't work. Either way. There was like a, it was a bloodbath. I mean, yeah. he left fingerprints, uh, and then eventually, I think it was um, Blackthorn who helped plan the murder. He just sold him out. He's like, yeah. they're gonna fucking find out, dude. He left a bunch of evidence. We're done. Yeah. So he went to prison for eight years. Um, sounded sounded like Johnny Cochran needed to make a, a, a trip to Norway. I don't think he needed to work that hard. <laughs> if if the gun gloves don't fit, if the glove the glove guns don't fit, <laughs> then you, you must, must quit. So so we get uh, we mentioned that Necro Butcher is on the first EP, and we don't get him again until after Euronymous is dead, after the first album, after everything is different. Um, Tom brings it up here and he says, notice that between 1991 and 94, Yorn Necrobutcher um, was gone from the band. I can't remember the source, but from what I remember, he was horrified by the death of Dead and how Euronymous used the events for promotional purposes. Um, and he's, this is from a Necro Butcher in, um, in 2019. He says, and forgive the, the, the broken English. <clears throat> uh, I imagine it's not his first language. He says, uh, I, okay, I can tell it right now because I've been holding it in for many years. But actually, I was on my way down to kill him myself, meaning Euronymous. And what, it, what had happened, I saw the morning paper thinking, fuck, I got to get home to my place and get out all the weapons and drugs and shit I had in my house because they're coming to my house because I'm probably going to be the number one suspect for this. But little did I know that the Norwegian police had already knew that Count Grishnak, um, Varg, was going down also to kill him because they bugged his phone and he actually talked about this killing before he went to Bergen. So the cops already knew that he was coming. So they probably were thinking to themselves, we didn't nail this guy for the church burnings. So let's nail him for murder and get rid of this fucking guy in Oslo uh, at the same time. So that's, that's basically what happened. Mm. Just like Al Capone. No, just like Al Capone. <laughs> you know, listen, we're going to murder a guy, but those church burnings are the ones we're really mad about. We're going to get Varg on tax evasion. Dude. Man, imagine if he did that shit in America. He'd be fucking raped in prison. My God. Um, Tom says, thankfully, from this point on, the band focused on making incredible music, which I think we can all rejoice that this is some good stuff here. And uh, yeah, that's that's best, basically the history. Suicide, murder, desecration. Uh, suffocation. Suffocation. No breathing. Uh, don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. Holy shit. <laughs> that song is about mayhem. <laughs> Last Resort by Papa Roach is about me. <laughs> that is the most black metal song ever. Oh, my God. So, so yeah, that was a, a lengthy intro and still the abridged version. I'm sure we missed stuff, but this, this is what this fucking band is all about. It's, it's literal mayhem. 
But now on to the music. Finally, we're only going to be talking about music from here on out. Thank from, God. I promise. <clears throat> We're gonna oh, be covering, thanks, Satan. Yeah, whoever. Uh, we're going to be covering six albums in one EP. First EP, 1987, of course. And then the last, most recent album, 2019. They're still touring. They're still active. But it's Halloween, baby. And we want to talk about some spooky stuff. Although you could argue it's mostly Halloween year-round here. But where? Uh, this podcast. Oh, yeah. We cover a lot of morbid stuff. Yeah. We should cover the band Morbid. I'm sure there's like one demo. Uh, really regret wasting a normal episode on White Zombie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a good Halloween, Halloween one. Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, let us jump into these records. You ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah. This is 1987's Death Crush. <laughs> This is like a staple mayhem song in the early years. I thought this album or EP was gonna sound like dog shit. Yeah. And it doesn't sound amazing. No. It's not bad. No. It could sound worse. Yeah. We've awesome. covered worse. Oh, it's funny thing. Those drums are... That's no hell hammer, I'll tell you that. So that's Maniac on vocals, and we're going to see him again, but he is shrieking right in a way that I've never heard from this year. He's... Yeah. I do appreciate how him and Attila... Attila, yeah. I do appreciate how different they are. Way different. Most of the vocals we get are very different. So, it is 87 as fuck. This is basically like the earliest type of death metal. This is like, you know, Possess, Seven Churches, Scream Bloody Gore, Death, or something. Like, it's not as tight as that. Uh, not nearly as tight as that or as good as that. I don't think, but still, fuck, I think it's pretty solid. I almost gave it personal favorite. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I like it. I like it I, quite a bit. So it's like, geez, why have I been putting this off for so long? Like, I didn't even think it would be like a necessary thing to cover, but I'm glad we did because it's very interesting. Also, I'll, we got to talk about that opening track. Oh, yeah. So the opening track is called um, so Sylvester Anfang. Yeah. And it's, it's a composition by Conrad Schnitzler, who is like a known electronic german composer okay i didn't know that so the story is apparently euronymous stalked his house for like a long time until uh conrad like invited him inside Mm -hmm. and he euronymous was like can you make a song for it can you make us like an opener and he's like "Uh, how about i just give you one of these yeah so he just gave him one of his old songs that he wasn't using to get rid of him Mm -hmm. and that's the the intro Okay, that explains a lot because it's this very like tribal orchestral sounding thing. But it's still electronic. It's still like yeah, the tr- altered. Yeah, the drums are like very clearly electronic. It's very, it's really interesting though. It's like it's actually kind of cool. It's what like hooked me, and I was like, I what else is going on here? Yeah, it's it's a. I've never in my fucking life heard it. <laughs> heard something like that on a metal record. The closest thing would be like a Celtic Frost with mm. the you know the weird hip hop stuff. Oh man, what a wacky, wacky stuff! But even then, this is still completely different. It's very cool. Also, shame to myself that I now like a song called Chainsaw Guts Cut. Fuck. Chainsaw Guts Fuck. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's 
it's surprisingly sludgy. Yep. Yep. Um, I dig it a lot. It's a uh, really headbanging. Yeah. Sludgy, slower. Witching Hour is more like a proper like black metal song. Well, it's a Venom cover. Oh, okay. So, um, that one, it's it's really it's back to the you know being faster. It's pretty it's pretty fucking sloppy. This whole mm-hmm. thing is very sloppy. Um, that drummer is uh, you know he's pretty average. Uh, I, I don't mind the song. I like the song. Um, I don't think it's a very good cover, mm-hmm. and it kind of it it kind of sticks out because it's not. <clears throat> Everything that's that is mayhem is hideous and ugly and fucked up sounding. And then Witching Hour comes out and it's like, oh wait, this is kind of rocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Venom is a rocking kind of band, um, so it is a little unusual. I I think like Necrolust is like a certified banger, like fantastic. Yeah, um, so it like scratches so many itches I have for metal music. I actually think the speed works really well in that song. Um, it's messy, it's ugly, it's evil, and it has like a lot of thrashy moments. Like early death metal had a lot of thrash in it. I mean, because mm-hmm. thrash was pretty established in '87, and death metal was barely existing, barely being invented. So, yeah, this is like this is death metal, but um, it's the vocals are one thing where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, there's no death metal things bands doing anything like that. They even even bands like um like Possessed who were still really early. They they weren't shrieking like this. Yeah, this is like full on. I mean, it's high. Yeah, maybe like the one of the earliest cases of like extreme screeching metal vocals. Yeah, or really high pitch and yeah. Um, you got a uh, weird Mannheim. I love how this album is just like book ended with weird shit, dude. So. On streaming, it's fucked up. It's it's supposed to be two songs. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. Mannheim, which is the weird piano synth thing, and then the song is pure fucking Armageddon, which is like one of their staples oh, okay. in early days. So the the black metal song is is pure fucking Armageddon. But but Mannheim, weird Mannheim. What the hell is that? I mean, it, it's a it's an instrumental synth piano thing. I said I wasn't gonna bring them up, but I I can't help myself. People want to say Death Heaven is in black metal. When this is one of the most Death Heaven-like sounding songs. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's technically in, like, black metal DNA. Yeah. You guys are just upset you didn't you didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. We still love Death Heaven here. Uh, and the Fear Fucking Armageddon, I think, is a, is a pretty pretty cool song. Yeah. Yeah, I think it rips. It's it's a very simple, very brief EP, uh, and by simple I mean like it kind of gets in and gets out. It's not it's, really like it's still weird. It's just very like solid and primal, and like I just th- I thought like for sure this was going to be the worst thing we listened to, but yeah, it's it's great if you're a fan of like extreme music. I think it's it's neat. I think I see how influential was it, it's it makes complete sense mm-hmm. like especially if, if you have a background in like shitty thrash the way i do or like there's a lot of rough thrash that i was really into this is like oh yeah this is just an extension of that more brutal version of that yeah i'm still working out my feelings on on thrash but yeah like i like this a lot more than like thrash albums it is more interesting especially vocally especially vocally yeah um and 
with the crazy fucking intro and keyboard stuff. I mean, it's it's a cool EP. Um, and this is the for many <laughs> fucking years until the next album because of all the complications. <laughs> this is eighty seven. The next album is in ninety four. <laughs> so there's a couple of reasons why that happened, which we did talk about. Mm-hmm. But cool EP. Uh, worth checking out, especially if you're if you're interested in this early early era of black metal in, in its entirety. Uh, are you ready for the big one? I've hell yeah, let's do it. Here we go, baby. I'm gonna pronounce this wrong because I don't speak fucking Latin or whatever. Uh, this is the this is the one, everybody. This is 1994's Dead Mysterious Dome Satanas. Coming in at ten. I have some funny quotes from the band about also not speaking Latin later on. Oh, really? Yeah. Just such an ugly fucking riff. So ugly. Yeah. And here, now black metal is invented. Like this is what I think of the blasting, the, the chugging. Not even the blast, because it's like this blasting and then there's death metal blast. Oh, like, this, yeah. is, this is a slower, it's a really fast one, two beat. And then these melodic, double-picked, single-note guitar lines. Melodic, but still ugly. I want to get to these guitar we, vocals. We have to get to the vocals. Yeah. Easy, wild singer. Because, yeah, this is, like, credited for creating black metal, but I've never heard anyone sing like Attila. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one tried to no, exactly. rip that guy off. You think of black metal movies, you think of shrieking and screeching. This guy doesn't do either. I mean, sometimes. Yeah. But these songs are pretty layered, though, so it takes a while to get through it. God, this rip fucking rules. I thought that was like you mimicking. I know. So that's how we get Holy shit. Happy Halloween, everyone. Dude, no one sings like that. Nobody. Holy shit, dude. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I'm just going to give this best. Best personal favorite. I can't help it. I can't fucking help. I'm sorry. I can't fucking help it. I, there's so much about this that I... I've learned to love in my older, older years, mm-hmm. my older than I was years. Cause I, I've listened to this album a lot of times growing like throughout the years and nothing, it never really clicked. And now I'm just like, it's fucking that good. It's, yeah. This, <sighs> this is my first time giving it. Oh, really? A, uh, like proper listen. And ultimately for me, like nothing is, is, is going to be as weird or as creative as this is and i think to to try to replicate it would be a a mistake anyways yeah i think just gotta like let it go it's like this is lightning in a bottle that can never be replicated this is pure black metal really yeah and it's kind of incredible so now we have this 
the most infamous lineup in all of maybe recorded music history. Mm-hmm. So we have now we have uh, Attila Chahar on vocals, who he'll return later on. He's like their most probably most prominent vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, he's I been th- on the most records. Yeah, no disrespect to Dead. No, I'm sure he wouldn't like. I'm sure you wouldn't mind the disrespect, but to me, Attila is like the. He's sounds kind of the best. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think I like Dead's vocals the the, the most, just because it's. You no, know, I think I do like Attila's vocals the most because they're just so they're so weird. This he guy's like not content doing any one thing. Yeah, he's always like groaning and and moaning and making these weird sounds and and the the rhythm of it feels so like. It doesn't sound like he's even in the same dimension as the rest of the band. Mm, that's a good way. It's a very that's weird. It's a, a beautiful way to thank put you, it. Thank yeah. you. And, and he's just a Lovecraftian horror. He's kind of a horror, yeah. Because yeah. you listen to Dead's vocals on the live stuff, and it's way more concrete. Like he's he's doing the the growls and the the, the noises, and he sounds cool, but it's easier to hold on to. He's more of like a singer. This guy seems like he's a goblin on these songs. Like there's just kind of. Yeah coming in whenever he feels like it's really weird interesting style don't feed this guy after midnight do not so <laughs> he's, a little, he's a little gremlin dude so we got attila on vocals we got of course uranus on guitar we got varg on bass and we got hellhammer on drums and uh yeah a lot of like the the writing you know necro butcher wrote he co-wrote um some some like like something like five tracks mm-hmm. and he wrote all the lyrics to christian eternity um dad wrote the lyrics for like you know, a chunk of songs, you know, Funeral Fog, Freezing Moon, um, it's Life Eternal. It's cool, even though they're not on the record proper, that like their DNA is still in the band. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and Blackthorn, you know, accomplice of the murder, um, he wrote uh some some riffs and some lyrics for like from the Dark Past as well as the the title track. And actually, apparently according to the the wiki, from the Dark Past has riffs taken from hit from his band Thorn. Um, from their demo, uh, Grimrick, Grimrick, Grimrick. It's spelled with a bunch of Y's. I don't know if I'm doing it, saying that correctly, but so like all these songs are over the course of many years, finally put into album form. And this came out in, you know, 94 after everyone is gone and dead, <laughs> uh, dead actually halted the process because he was supposed to record on the album. Then he killed himself and then they set everything off. Um, so that they kind of fuck things up. Some other like notes here, like uh, the cover is a monochrome photo of the the east side of the Nadaros Cathedral in uh, Trondheim, Norway, which I think Varg planned on exploding. Of course, he. I yeah. think at least yeah. that's the, what I remember reading. Um, thankfully, they they caught him before he could do that. Let me just say, you know, I don't like organized religion, but these like these like wooden churches are like really beautiful the stave churches of norway most of the ones that they well, all the ones that they burned down um i they are literally my favorite architecture in the world yeah i it, think they're the most gorgeous buildings ever made it's it's burning down pieces of art it's burning down incredible pieces of art yeah go fuck yourself yeah like i get you're trying to be edgy to do your fucking day whatever but i as a fucking full-on art psycho and and Honest, honestly, fucking lame dude. Yeah, I'm obsessed with art. <laughs> no forgiveness. I mean, we're talking about the lamest dudes today. They are pretty lame. But <laughs> I fucking those church. I the only reason why I want to go to Norway is to see those buildings in person because they're yeah. so amazing looking. Um, so yeah, you can give a fuck yourself. You know, whatever. <laughs> but back to the album. 
so this is a this is the only album in the history of the world, at least according to Tom City, couldn't find any couldn't find any other examples. The only album where a member on the album killed another member on the album. Yeah, I can't, you know, can't think of any off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was uh this was delayed for a good while because of all the stuff. And uh, I believe even like um Euronymous's parents didn't want this to be released mm. or they wanted something to be re-recorded or something like that. And I think I I might be misremembering this. Someone correct me. I think one of the members said that they would, they would like re-record the parts and then didn't like mm. they wanted to re-record. The parents wanted them to re-record Varg's bass parts. And then they're like, it, it, I think they started as like, this is a once in a generate lifetime thing. Like we're leaving his bass parts on there. And well, you can't really hear the bass that much on the sound. No, <laughs> so it doesn't no. matter that much uh, other than for lore purposes, but let's, let's go back to the music. Yes. Um, I've never, I never really, while listening to cursed in eternity, I've never really thought about like, it's this blazing fast music and the vocals can get away with being like the slowest thing ever. It's an interesting juxtaposition there. It is. It is unusual. That's like a, I mean, that's, that's I, like the backbone of like this early black metal. Yeah. Drums. You were talking about how, how good the textures are. I think that song is a, a good example. There's some, nice textures going on there it's wonderful and there's a blasting section there that sounds fucking great and then there's this guitar line around two minutes 50 that is glorious i find it to be exemplary exemplary of what black metal does well mm-hmm. like this when i think of good black metal i think of like that kind of guitar line and really i as much of like <laughs> as much as you whatever you you think about your it's like it's a cool style he yeah. came up with a fucking cool style yeah uh i think my favorite song on the album's Pagan Fears. Ooh. It just like resonates through my my soul or lack of soul. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> we have a little bit less soul after hearing these albums, that's for sure. Killer opening to that song. I love it. Um, more high speed stuff. Is this it just it, rules. Nasty. Very nasty. It's killer track. Uh, we have to talk a little bit about Freezing Moon because it's like their most famous song, perhaps. At least the one that I've encountered the most in my yeah. life. Um, I would say potentially one of the best intros in all of black, black metal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost skipped over that. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it's, it's like sections of it feature less like blast beats and more like this, like crushing kind of groovy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That one goes a little bit more mid pace and groovy. It does have the blasting stuff and very fast stuff, but I think those are like particularly on that song, like some of my favorite guitar solos in black metal. Yep, yep. There, are, there aren't not too really many an expert. No, and in, in this discography, there aren't too many guitar solos in general. Which I didn't even realize till I got to the last one. Same, yeah. same. Uh, yeah, the other, there's a little bit on here, and it, it sounds great. And, and Freezing Moon is just—it's like an iconic, it's a classic black metal song. Uh, it still rules. It's, it's whenever. Um, it has happened often, but the few times someone said, someone has asked me like, well, what's like, what's black metal? Like I'll put on freezing moon. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's really that's what like it is. Textbook definition. Uh, what is it? Um, life eternal. Uh, God damn. Another really great intro. A lot of good intros on, the, on this yeah, album. Yeah. It's also like, 
it's such like a brutal unrelenting genre so like it's always nice that that song you know surprisingly like melodic riffs yeah um and vocal performances um there's even like some riffs in that song where i'm like this has more in common with like an iron maiden song than like this pure goblin ugliness going on moments of of levity nothing here is light even a little bit there's no lightness but there's moments of musicality 100 and those moments are really uh dare i say catchy like um <laughs> there's this breakdown at 345 on that song that's it, I, that's the part that's I the know. part yeah. it's so fucking good i mean it's melodic and it's unsettling at the same time um that's what, I, to me that's what makes black metal fucking great like yeah. I, I wish that section went on way longer uh killer killer track the uh, the dull pedaling on from the dark past sound awesome that that combined with buried by time and dust are the ugliest nastiest stretch of the album which is saying something it's really chaotic it's a lot i mean jesus there's so much here and then it closes with the title track which is uh good hi-hat work on the drums it's like full-on horror movie guitar lines it's it's one of the greatest title tracks ever because a lot i feel like more often than not title tracks disappoint and this one's carrying a lot of weight because it's a title track it's like the closing track. Yeah. So it has two jobs and it fucking nails it. It is a wild song. I think that's Attila's most sadistic performance on the album. Yeah. It's like runs the gamut of all these like weird vocals. There's even this like borderline goth singing he does. He does. Yeah. It, it's he does that. On later albums too, when he comes back, but it, it almost sounds like he's fucking crying at times. It's it does. really, it's really weird. And we heard like we heard a, a a little bit of that on like the Celtic Frost thing, yeah. like warriors, like almost like wailing, like oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was this Paul Bear. Euronymous, fucking around three twenty. There's this big ass section in the title track that almost it almost sounds like a black metal version of Danny Elfman's Batman score. Oh fuck that! That's probably why I like it so much. Fucking rips, dude. Uh, I think the song actually ends a little bit anticlimactically, mm-hmm. a little bit quick, but it's still a hell of a closer. Um, yeah, I mean, and also one thing that I got, I want to gush a little bit about the production. The production is is perfect it, in my in my head. Also, I think, like, due to, like, a smattering of, like, death metal, a a French unsuccessfully tried to get me to listen to when I was younger. I I thought this genre was just, like, known for having dog shit production. Yeah. And it kind of, it kind of is, like. Yeah, I listen to a lot of Dark Throne records. They sound pretty rough. Yes. And I just, like, thought that's what it is. And this is not that. No, no, it it doesn't sound bad. Um, it doesn't sound like polished or good. That's like part of it. It's cold and lonely and spacious. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're in this tomb. Sounds like Norway. Sounds like Norway. Very cold. <laughs> it's 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 clear enough to where you can like enjoy. It. It's not like a what's the fucking ruins of Beverest album that sounds like oh, it, shit. It, it, 
Oh, all of no. It's like your second. It's like your second album, yeah. uh, and it's like a, it's full of great songs, but it's just unlistenable. It's so badly recorded. Are, yeah, I think there's like a joke that you could like record black metal drums on pillows, like yeah, or yeah, <laughs> use a fucking old cassette recorder, and there it is, your album. But here, it's like it's not going to hurt your ears anyway. It sounds balanced and clean, but it's cold and lonely and and kind of scary sounding it's a very interesting production between this album cover and the emperor um album cover with the like lord of the rings one i'm yeah. sorry i forgot the name um, oh and the dark and the uh, night's at eclipse i believe that's what it's called not enough metal bands tapping into the color blue it yeah. is efficient for uh yeah this one it's got like a yeah it's blue it's got maybe like a like a purple tint sort of touch of it but mostly mostly blue monochromatic photograph of the church uh it's a very cool cover yeah that that emperor cover i mean it's also really funny like you get this super evil scary black metal album it's like oh we're gonna have lord of the rings on the cover <laughs> we what <laughs> well yeah i think like weird white dude but like maybe board like borderline racist they're like kind of obsessed with lord of the rings for some reason it's yeah it's like a viking mythology like it's a shame and uh magic the gathering came out with a a lord of the rings set Mm -hmm. and aragorn is a black man and boy didn't go well over i imagine who the meltdown these man children had was uh quite the scene y'all leave y'all leave lord of the rings and vikings and stuff out of that that shit's cool well i am all only gonna watch the movies anyway so Viggo mortensen is my aragorn have uh have you watched the northman no i'm gonna let you borrow that next Ooh, time i see you okay okay if i remember because i keep forgetting to bring you things that's right that's right i bring you food sometimes I, so. i'm glad you don't forget that, that is, oh, <laughs> scrum but yeah this album fucking rules it's it's tight but it feels messy as shit like you show this to any any newbie with metal any person who doesn't like metal they're gonna say they're this it's is, a mess this is not this is not baby's first metal album this is not master of puppets or even rain and like no not even. or sorry i think master of puppets is more friendly than rain and blood but rain and blood is less friendly but it's still really accessible it for, is. for metal yeah like th- this is one of the most niche genres of metal already and then you get this perfect example of like the, the this is this will turn off the vast majority of human beings in the world yes. not even just fans of xyz like this is never put this on in front of anybody but scaring the hose scaring the hose <laughs> by Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia but it's still I think it's a fucking killer album I don't think it has a single bad song on it it's it has a feeling to it and it, I don't mean like some hokey oh you could feel like the evil because the murder no I, I mean something more uh, abstract and artsy like there's something just in the recording of it the way the presentation the way it feels as a whole as mm-hmm. a whole uh, just as a piece of music um the history behind it is is really interesting and really morbid but, but even without that doesn't I, need it no it does doesn't need it that's what we're trying to say I, I tend to forget that that's even like that when i'm listening to the album too mm-hmm. i tend to forget i'm not on the album i'm not thinking about those things yeah i'm sure a lot of people are but i'm sure i'm sure they are so tom asked asked his question one of which we already addressed which is like is there any other albums where there's a or any other bands where one member killed another member uh, he couldn't find anything. I can't think of anything. I, I don't know any fucking examples. But 
Uh, he also asks, he says right here, can anyone think of another individual other than, other than Varg who's had such a gigantic impact on a band's trajectory and public image while arguably having had relatively little impact on their music? Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious is the perfect answer. I'm glad you said that because yeah. I, I, I don't think I would have come up with it that fast. But yeah, it's still not as because they Sex Pistols were like one and done. This is a band that decided to continue so i if get this was a one well i get what counts i get what tom is, is saying and i would argue but yeah i think like sid vicious sid is, vicious one is of a those. perfect example he stunk as a bass player he replaced one of the founding members who i think helped write the music glenn matlock uh he just had the perfect image and he he just it was the perfect moment in time he just mm-hmm. had all and then varg of course contributed nothing <laughs> other than recording the tracks for it and then causing drama and then murder but yeah that's an, that's a that's a good question too i'm sure there are many other examples but sid vicious is a is a perfect example mm-hmm. uh but alex and i uh, both of our best and it's my best and personal favorite i i genuinely enjoy it i'm not even making that up or lying like i i did like it it's I, crazy. I don't feel like that's surprising for us by now. For any normal person, they won't understand it. It is pretty wild. God help you if this is your first time. Oh, yeah. Don't don't start here. Oh, goodness. But we have plenty more to cover uh, where things uh, change. And there's not you know, there's no crazy fucking murders. There's no drama. Well, I'm sure there's drama. But whatever, whatever, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. So this is Big Gap, baby, Big Gap, new lineup. Obviously, this is 2000's Grand Declaration of War. Quick note, I am playing the 2018 remix. Good. Because <laughs> it sounds a hundred times better. So much better. I can't. I know you've gone on, pun intended, record where certain versions sound. This is the the biggest difference. This is a huge difference. It's a... Well, we'll talk about it after the song. This song, if you're familiar with the original version, it's already better. It's already better. The drums sound like fucking dog shit. The drums sound a lot better here. It's pretty wild. But also, this is a different band. This is way more intense. Tighter, way tighter. They sound more like a modern band. Sound like death metal, honestly. Cool riffs. Love that riff. Yeah. I have no idea what vocals are coming in. Never. It is this a very like epic cinematic opener. Yeah, it's fucking great though. Evil. The vocals on this song, but 
can take a while. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's Maniac, he's back. Also a very traditional black metal voice. Okay, just wanted to get to the vocals. Very clear and upfront compared to what we've gotten. Yeah. So this is a pretty cool album, honestly. This is bonkers. Yeah, really. It uh, a, it's a it's pretty wild. So we talked a uh, little bit during the song. the The difference, the version that you all find streaming is the 2018. It's a full on remix. It's not even a remaster. Yeah, you you can find the garbage version too. Though. You can find you can. I listen. To, it, I listen to both. I listen to both, but I, I didn't know it was on. It was streaming. I found it on YouTube. I because it's drastically different. Drastically album, album and the again the remix like they're both. Oh, yeah, even the covers are completely different. I just thought it was a different album at first glance. So yeah, the so the original mix is fucking. Uh, so this one was is, <laughs> this one is like really dry and and very like like a death metal production. There's not there's no space. There's no reverb on anything. All there is, but very mm-hmm. slight. The original has these really punchy, high pitch kick drums that are really distracting. The tons and tons of reverb on the snare only. It sounds really tacky and messy. It's a very mm-hmm. wet sounding album. Um, it sounds like cheap and digital kind of it, it's a very thin sounding album the remix significantly better across the board yes uh but anyway now okay now to the actual songs this is fucking wild the, insane really we uh we have almost the entire lineup of the of the death crush ep we have main on vocals necro butcher is back on bass mm-hmm. hellhammer is on drum still and then we now we have blasphemer on guitar mm-hmm. and they sound this album and the next one kind of sound death metal. I guess, yeah, I guess you know technicalities. I'm like a little, a little hazy, especially because like a lot of like when I was younger, I really liked those like Swedish metal bands like a, a band like in flames or mm-hmm. arch enemy and i didn't consider them death metal i'm mm-hmm. sure they were influenced by that so uh i thought more more like those bands okay also i didn't realize all these songs are all the music is composed by blasphemer which is interesting that that is crazy new guy comes in and writes all the music um, and he's a madman and I think, like, speaking to, like, how insane um, Hellhammer is, I know he's had a few years to practice. Oh, yeah. But, like, the next track in The Lies Were Upon You Lay. Oh, yes. Like, it it starts off really brutal, but yep. then there's, like, clean speaking parts. And, like, yeah. he's playing, like, these, like, fancy 16th note beats, mm-hmm. like... It is, it's it incredible. is jarring compared to the last. Album. It is. It's a completely different band, both literally and spiritually, because the, these songs are insanely tight. I mm-hmm. mean, over the top, complex, a million riffs, very death metal in that sense. But but still, the riffs themselves are very much black metal sounding. Mm-hmm. A little bit more on the evil side, a little bit more on the the, the dissonant, dissonant and like creepy side. Um, the the moments where Maniac 
goes clean or spoken word are pretty goofy. Yes. And I can't help but fucking laugh. And I don't think they're that great. Let's get to the goofiest. Let's get to the, the elephant in the room. I need to know how you feel about a blood sword and colder sun. <sighs> part one, you mean, right? Because there's a lot of these songs are split into two parts. I, I don't know why. They're not even that long. No, <laughs> they could have been one song. So part one is this spoken word thing. Uh, I think it's pretty hilarious and not that great. I don't like it. I think it's <laughs> I think it's too goofy for me. I'm going to pull Robert and say I like this song. D- really? It's yeah it's like whisper whispery and echoey yeah yeah it's like very prog rock and then it kind of turns into a trip-hop song so part two is where is where it becomes like the nine inch nails the industrial trip-hop kind of thing i think that fucking actually rules yeah i i'm talking about the 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 beginning the first part part. one and then yeah part two i think is actually i was not expecting i think it's i was not expecting that at all oh yeah i think it's great like if i wasn't already on board towards the end there's fucking robot so that just sealed the deal sealed the deal dude it's like it's like a dark evil fuck music yeah it's pretty cool I, i mean I, I can't believe how strong it is. Yeah, if typo negative didn't exist, who yeah. are the kings of evil fuck music? They really are. Check out that episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a really cool song. They'll dabble with stuff like that once in a while, but maybe like two or three times t- total. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking cool song. Um, the vocals on Crystallized Pain and Deconstruction are a bit annoying. I kind of wish he would stick to shrieking. <laughs> I like those guitar riffs so much. I don't even. I it don't is even care. Pretty cool. It's a very. It's a satisfying song. It's not. Uh, so aside from songs like you know a blood sword, a blood sword, um, and a colder sun part two, most of it it's like it's very samey. I mean, it's, crazy blasting, a million riffs, ugly, pissed off, dissonant. Oh. This is a messy album, but there's just like enough peppering of insanity. There's enough sriracha added to this meal that I am like there it is. And it's I don't know why it works so well. A lot of it just feels really good. Um there's song vocals in Completion and Science of Agony Part One. I I love that song so much. Um it could be like a doom metal song. Yeah, there's a lot of doom moments. Yeah. I think like if a band like St. Vitus or like Candlemas did that song, I think that song would be like, like more solidified, like considered like a classic metal song. It's fucking pretty rad. Uh, that, his vocal, his song voice, by the way, really remind me of uh, Peter Murphy from Bauhaus. Mm, Check out yeah. that episode. Um, random, random comparison to Dominion. Or, oh yeah, to to, to uh, Daimonium. Daimonium. Like, not the way it sounds, but the execution of the, like, talking parts made me think of, like, the way Darren kind of does his talking parts. Oh, in system? Yeah, and I know he's a black metal guy, so I almost wonder. Explains why I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking don't. I, mean, I, like the, I think the song is great. I, those vo- the clean vocals, I don't like them. Yeah, he doesn't do, like, the high, like, the high-pitched things darren does but like the the way they execute their, their like, a, like syllables there's like a whininess to it to the way they say it it's mm. like it's not really it's not spoken straight or anything it's it's a it's a yeah it's, inflection. it's a weird comparison no one's gonna listen to that and think a system of a down right. unless you're a fucking weirdo like me uh 
but that song almost has a punk energy to it. I mean, relatively, this it's, is not a punk album, obviously. Yeah, I would I would say this genre doesn't really have like I wouldn't consider the songs like rippers. It's like they're they're fast and they're they're violent, but they're not like high energy a lot of the times the way this song is. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Uh, and it's not like a, it's, a lot of these songs have stuff where I'm like, all right, I kind of dip in and out, but um, I, it ends up winning me over in the end. Like that one is, is a good example of that. Um, the way this album is made up is confusing and annoying because after two demonian you get two more tracks called you know two demonian parts two and three uh and they're just silent yeah they they um equal out to six minutes of silence they for no reason they even included it on the remix album yeah but i think they're just called untitled yeah yeah so, so stupid it's just annoying so you skip it and then it ends with completion and science of agony part two um, it's very brief, kind of unnecessary, but I think it's decent. It's got robot vocals all over it, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Uh, but oh no, I, I was not expecting this album to sound this way. No, no, um, me either. And part of it that took me out had to do with how bad it was. And then I listened to the remix one. I'm like, you know, I'm not really in favor of like George Lucasing your work. Oh, yeah. As long as the original is available, because I'm sure yeah. someone loves the original. As long keep the original fucking people who remastered Dirt Palace and Chains. For the love of God, keep the original. But uh, I'm going 2018 version. 100%. I actually heard the 2018 version first. And I didn't realize there was a different version. I went back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Uh, you had the reverse journey that I did. Indeed. So yeah, sometimes they like Megadeth's first album, that remix or remaster, it's like, oh, they really they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It sounds so much better. I don't like how they did it with um P Cells so much. But Megadeth is a different band. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's it's flawed but a strong album. Uh and it yeah, it really reminds me a lot of, of Death Metal more than I was like, ever expecting. Um explosive performances explosive and tight as shit but ultimately like the vocals are pretty hit or miss for me uh the pacing is a little bit off i don't love everything on here but i think it's still pretty consistent and brutal and it works this is kind of weird and messy and spicy sometimes yeah and uh yeah yeah um this uh this is released on season of mist which uh was formed in 1996 in france and the u.s uh which focused on extreme metal. Tom notes here, artists past and present on the roster include um, Abbott, Atheist, who I think is pretty underrated. I like one of their albums quite a bit. Uh, Benighted, Gorguts, Ken Mode, uh, Necrophagia, Riding Christ, St. Vitus, check that episode, and Weed Eater. Love me some Weed Eater. Never, never listen to them. They uh, do one thing and they do it real well. Mm. And uh, man... I think I've heard like one Gorguts album. It's really good. I should. Oh, wow. Should revisit that. Hell of a label. I think Necrophag. They have a very short. They may be like a contender for a future episode. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Hell yeah. But uh, a solid return, a completely different band, uh, a new beginning, you know, one less violent. Uh, but now we're on to the next. If you are ready, I am ready. Hell yeah! There's usually pretty big gaps in between each album. This is four years later. This is 2004's Chimera. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not used to this uh, Polish production. Yeah. This is pretty clean production. Same lineup as the previous album. They're definitely trying to be uglier. Yes. For example, the song is called Whore. Although Swan's had a song called Whore. 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 This is weirdly clean. It's confusing. Those vocals are are I, they're gonna make me laugh. They're yeah. they're way too in there for me. Worst least favorite. Worst least favorite. How Holy fuck, shit! How the fuck did we agree on this episode? I can't believe <laughs> of it. all the bands. I was I was for a while like I have no idea what I'm gonna give worse, and then it was just so obvious to me in the end. Like it was. Oh like, yeah, once they wrapped up. Yeah. Um, well, no, this was in contention for a bit. Uh, for me as well. Um, it's kind of not fair to compare to the f- the first album, but this is this kind of by the numbers me- metal. Yeah, this is like, st- forgive me, stock extreme metal. It, it, very good playing on this Extremely, album. Extremely. I mean, it's unbelievable. Playing. It's this nothing really sticks with me and there's nothing like as crazy or as experimental as like the last album. So it just ends up being like, uh, like that opening song, it kind of grates on you. I kind of ventures into like almost like technical death metal. I do like those riffs, but they're, yeah. they're very few and far between. This feels like like the most death metal album they've ever done. And it's weird to me. Like it's, the blasting here is fucking nuts. I mean, it might get the blasting is probably gonna, is actually going to get more crazy in like in future in the future, but yeah. it's still pretty fucking nuts here. Mm-hmm. But it, it all just registers as, as death metal. I like death metal, but also uh, with a lot, of, especially technical death metal, you hear like a lot of really interesting, crazy things happening. This is just ugly riff after ugly riff after ugly riff. Um, it also doesn't help that I think the best song is like track two. So like, Oh really? You like that one? Dark Knight of the soul. Yeah. I think that one is actually like really good. It's, it's more sludgy. It's more, it's like sludge black metal, some like tech or math rock, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like that one is the best to me. It is pretty, pretty crazy. And so the reason I don't care for is like, I mean, I do, the the riff at the very very end is pretty fucking great, but mm-hmm. at that at this point when that song comes on, it's like all the creepy the creepiness that I associate with black metal is gone. It's replaced by just dissonant, aggressive, and ugly. And also, yeah, it's just like this is <laughs> it's a band filled with edge lords, but like this is the most like edge lord like song titles oh the yeah this yeah uh, rape humanity with pride i mean it's like I've, i i get what you're i get what you're trying to do i found out saint vincent is a fan of that song though interesting um i'm sure there's nothing wrong with her but she likes big black and mayhem she's the same as us she is the same as us which is why i think there's something wrong with her but except <laughs> she gets to uh share a stage with a woman like Dulipa sometimes who's that She's like a 
pop singer. She's mm. beautiful. There's like a Grammy performance with Dua Lipa in St. Vincent. I wasn't expecting to go down this road. <laughs> no, was I. And they both like, they're not like grinding or dancing on each other, but there is like this layer of like sexual tension, the way they're like performing the song. Gotta sell it, baby. Gotta sell it. And I'm like, that's like the hottest thing <laughs> ever. And they're not like, like I said, it's not like a, like a, like Britney Spears type performance, or I guess more modern, like, like Doja, yeah, old. <laughs> Doja Cat, where there's like twerking or they're like scandally clad. They both this like have this energy. So, cause I don't know why I would ever bring that up again, let alone on an episode about mayhem. <laughs> too much, too you much get chubbed up. Watch the Grammy performance. <laughs> Look up that Grammy performance. Jesus too Christ. much, too much dude energy here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways. So back to rape humanity with pride. Yes. So, uh, so it's like, I, I actually do like a lot of the licks in that opening riff. There's some cool guitar lines. Mm-hmm. And then around halfway, uh, this really cool sleazy riff comes in. It's not very evil, but it's catchy. Uh, it's a bit much, but it's not a bad song. Yeah, it's just overall, the, like like you said, it's cool here and there, but it's not enough to like carry a whole song. I think that's also the first time they'll start using like male operatic vocals, which will be like a, a thing they continue yeah. to do Every for the rest of their career. Yeah, I, I don't like that choice in black metal to do the operatic it's always funny to me i yeah like i've confessed before i i've listened to cradle of filth so you know that's this you're indoctrined i'm indoctrined yeah. and then i know people like demu berger yeah demu berger or bridget i don't know i don't that. i don't know either Demu. uh either way yeah man my death that song let me down so bad wait why I love the way that the toms sound on the drums. Oh, very early into the song. I love the way those toms sound. And I just wanted it to like sound as good as those toms sound. I don't mind it. Uh, I wasn't expecting so much sleaziness on this album. There's a lot of, that song opens up with a lot with a big sleazy riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course it goes into more traditional ugly stuff, but um very slow and heavy. It's got this prominent ride, ride bell. Uh, and then I like the little spooky breakdown um, or like a little past the halfway point. And it's, it's fine. It's something life changing, but I think it's, it's, I mean, that's how I feel about like, all the songs yeah, I like all, in there. It's like, yeah, this, it's fine. Yeah. Another uh, slaughter of dreams. Like yeah. towards the end, there's some like double drumming going on. Oh, is there? That and, one? Yeah. And I was like, just do it for the whole fucking song because it's like the most interesting part and it's like seven minutes. It's long. So that one really took me out so hard on first look because I was already not big on You Must Fall, mm-hmm. which is just like, it's not particularly bad, but it does nothing to distinguish itself. And it's already, you know, kind of late in the album. We're, we're getting past the halfway point of the album. Uh, and then Star Dreams comes out in seven minutes and it's like more of the fucking same. And then second listen, I just liked it. It, okay. I, I, it okay. just I, sometimes it just depends on your fucking mood or sometimes they have to nestle in your head for a little bit, but it was just fine. I, I like it way more on second listen. Um, I actually think uh, uh, MPS Devious Leper Lord is really damn cool. There, that might be my favorite song on the album, actually. There are some very cool bass lines yep. and tones in that song, which I wasn't expecting to say about a black metal band. Yeah, there, there's so much character in, in that 
uh, solo bass and drum section um, that kind of it returns to several times. It's really gritty sounding. Very, it's that bass sounds uh, almost like it's being played through a telephone. It's it sounds really cool, um, and I think it's a uh, it's got solid riffs throughout. I think oh. yeah, it's my favorite song on the album. I do think the title track is the like worst offender here. Yeah, yeah, and where yes. it's just like by the numbers, going through the motions, and it's fucking long. Yeah, and it's the it's the inverse of uh oh yeah yeah fucking the de- mysterious don't thank you yeah. thank you yeah it's the inverse of that song where you know it's the title and it's the closer you got to do a lot and it does so little yeah it does, yeah that's one of the weakest if not the weakest for me as well um just just not it just doesn't leave any lasting impression it's not memorable so the performances and presentation are fucking gnarly and amazing but the riffs it, just the riffs don't cut it for me even the album cover is fucking rad uh which one the reissue or that are the original it's like the blue devil oh that was yeah oh that yeah i forgot about this guy i was thinking about the last up for some reason yeah this album this album cover is pretty rad i forget what it's taken from i wonder if tom noted it here um he did so it's a still from the 1922 swedish silent film haxon i have been meaning to watch that forever what i've never even heard of that what is it yeah it's like a older horror film um Ooh. very like satan it which is like crazy in 1922 oh, yeah. to do um maybe i'll watch it but the lords of chaos did inspire me to uh re-watch some kenneth anger stuff even though they only briefly bought him up but hey who's he you never watched kenneth anger movie? no no oh dude it's crazy it's like lots of like satanism occult stuff and then like there's like homoerotic so it's like mm. super evil but it's super gay ah interesting also it's crazy because i thought that guy had been dead and then i found out he just died this year in may so oh, it was shit. like double like wait he's st- what yeah sorry that's but Jeez. yeah they did they did bring up kenneth anger films so i don't feel like that's as offbeat as like bringing up Lipa. oh okay all right yeah i suppose that's a little bit more yeah like jimmy page did like music for his film uh lucifer rising it's all like short films oh shit interesting so this was this um, was mastered by morton lund and tom notes here he says it's funny how varied the cvs of mastering engineers often are morton lund also worked on the band's death crush ep um, just for, I think it was just for a re- mm-hmm. reissue. Um, but this comes, uh, in the midst of acts like the cornflakes, Coldplay, and a lot of it looks like very mild music, but then there's this, an industrial black metal act, thorns in there, varieties of spice of life, I suppose. It absolutely is. Unbelievable. The fact that you're mastering this in Coldplay, I mean, holy hell, dude. I like to think the singer from Coldplay listened to this album and he's like, give me that guy. Yeah, <laughs> this guy. Get that guy. I have on a the good phone. feeling about this guy, old Morton. But yeah, both of our worst and least favorites. It's just the least memorable. The it's just extreme metal. It, it's it's ver- it's very weird to say Mayhem is playing it safe. It yeah, but they they are on this album. If you've heard extreme metal, you've kind of heard this. There's nothing. There's I don't feel a lot of personality coming from this, and I just don't like the riffs. It's simple as that. Um, but could be a lot worse it's not like a terrible album uh but it is intense uh, yeah. all these are intense i think it goes without saying but anyway uh on to the next 
Yes. Hell yes. Now we are on to three years later. This is 2007's, and I believe, the return of our boy Attila. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. 2007's um, Ordo Ad Chaos. Kale. Kale. Well, it's in fucking life. Supposed to be the last one with blasphemy. Yep. I imagine the title means order and chaos in English. Just looking at it. So this production sounds like they're trying to like tap into some some older feelings. Definitely. This production stinks, and I like it. It's, I wasn't a fan because in my head I was like, oh, is this, this going to be kind of regressive? But it fucking works. It does work. Also, I think of like how many, how many bands have like tried to like do a return to form and just fail. Yeah. And, like, this isn't exactly the same, but it's really fucking, like, really good. Yeah. So this is, like, a difficult song. This definitely sets the vibe for the album. Yes. But it's it's so intangible. Like, where's the rhythm exactly? Yeah. Do, I kind of don't even know where the, where the fucking riff is at all. There's, like, no bass. If you run a uh, Halloween maze, you can just have this track playing in the background. And- this, <laughs> I think this is a really bad misleading opener. Because it's, it's all spooky. There's no, like, song to it. I... In the, like, entirety of the album, I, I kind of dig it. I think, um, I think it's my least favorite song on the album, 100%, because I think this album rules. Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I will say, because you were talking about Hellhammer doing impossible things, he did say the drums were not finished on this and that he also used triggers for the, the bass drum. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. That, that, that definitely answers some questions because uh, Tom pulled some, um, some quotes from him from this forum. He, was, where he says, uh, well, Tom says, I believe that the messages below are legit comments from Hellhammer around the time of the album's release on an extreme drumming forum. Seems to relate to a preview track before the full release. Not sure which one. Uh, yeah, so he's like, giving actual insights into like how he recorded it, what he used, like, you know, he used three rides. He says, I use three rides in this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, my trusted leopard and a custom phantom ride on the left side of the kit. Out of his Yeah. He's very technical and he seems like a, a nice guy. A lot of uh, emojis. Yeah. Although he is still a psychopath for the, for the early days. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He's still a psycho. Also, I'm glad you pulled that quote because uh, the last song, Psychic horns. I was like, I had no idea you could make a ride symbol sound like a fucking dinner bell. Oh, and I'm gonna yeah. assume that's the mega bell. Interesting. Well, wait, hold on. Right here, he says there is absolutely no fake or drum machines or something going on. the The song we will also play live in our video will be of this. Okay, maybe he just means on this song. Yeah, or yeah. Maybe whatever song they're talking about. Maybe he's pulling a page show if you're anonymous. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, the the production is 
Holy hell. I mean, it I was, is grimy. is really grimy. Yeah. I was a little concerned that this would this be like a, a sad attempt at them just trying to reclaim their glory yeah. days. But you said all you said all that bullshit and all the lore aside. This is this is a great black metal album. It is a good black metal album. It's it's really, really extreme. I mean, they're all extreme, but it's I mean, the blasting here is so unreal it's Mm -hmm. it's like the tech the most technical of death metal blasting where it's just i mean i guess black metal counts as i don't know i don't know i don't i listen to more death metal than black metal as you probably tell but this is this is more of a a vibe album for for sure there's there's songs where i'm like oh that's like kind of droney and um yeah uh deconcentration is like or deconsecrate you mean deconsecrate sorry yeah. um that is like i think if you're doing like craziest attila like vocal performances mm-hmm. i think that's got to be one of them he is he sound. i mean he sounds cool he doesn't sound the same as on the debut no no also um i don't know why i didn't know this i'm not like surprised like of course like son has used him Oh yeah, yeah. He's pretty, pretty busy. Yeah, he's been around, but yeah, a lot of these songs end up bleeding into each other quite a bit. But there's still uh, moments that stand out to me, like a illuminate, eliminate. Man, uh, God damn, what a! What I, a- <laughs> I think that's the first time he does like the like high pitch squeals. Mm-hmm. It's funny because sometimes like death metal vocals, like they remind me of like oinking like pigs. Yeah, the 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 what what are they called um it's like it's big and grindcore it's big and oh grind. yeah yeah but this pig, is they, they call them pig squirrels i think they literally call them pig squirrels this is if i didn't know any better this is an actual like pig squealing <laughs> maybe <laughs> this dude is fucking nutty enough to do it but around like five minutes 30 it goes to this crazy breakdown uh, there's really fucked up vocals, creepy whispers, really cool guitar lines. Uh, I dig that. And, and then the, the, the outro rules is really mournful and heavy. It's an exhausting song, but it is cool. Yeah. I will say I did not get as fatigued listening to this band as I thought I would. Same here. Yeah, I thought I was going to be way more exhausted. But uh, Key to the Storm is fucking nuts. It's I mean, pure utter cacophony. Yeah. It's like 99% of people will find it unlistenable beyond words but we're dealing that. with black metal fans now yeah. yeah it's like this so that like that song it's it's not something i want to hear every day but there's something alluring to it there's something yeah to the madness of it where it's just done really well some of the vocals on anti are pretty pretty funny um yes yes i'm not i'm not gonna fight that until it does have yeah funny vocals definitely i mean it's it's weird, but oh, they've, they've been using them for a little bit, but they start really, really using them on, on this album and like um, this, this whole era where Tritone court Tritone is just like you get the two. I forgot which, which actual interval it is, but it's just the two ugliest notes and you hit them at the same time. It's like mm. a Tritone and it's just those chords like all over the place. Just like the, we're going to hit every wrong note. It's going to be ugly as shit. Uh, but it's a whole album of that. So it, it ends up coming like hard to distinguish, but there are still moments like on anti, uh, there's another breakdown, like a three fifteen. It's one of the fucking coolest moments. Of the whole album has these 
deep growls, um, machine gun toms, like building everything up. And then it goes into this freakish section after that. I mean, it's, it's punishing, but it's fucking rad. I think it's a great closer. Ends with a bitch ass quick fade out though. It does. It's not good. Not, no. not good for a closer. No, for a band that's all, or an album that's all about like ambience and vibe setting. You yeah. don't want to ruin the vibe with a quick fade out. No, nope, you got to let it, you got to let it flow, dude. You got to let it ride. Uh, there's what, three rides on this album and you didn't let it ride. You didn't let it ride. God. What a fucking shame. Damn. Uh, Psychic Horns. I'm not big on that one. It's just. I I love it. Oh, really? Despite saying the ride sounds like a dinner bell. Yeah. Like it's it's one of the more brutal songs on that. It album. 100% is. Uh, I think. It, yeah. If, if you're already tired, that song is going to like take it out of you i was tired but that one picked me up for some reason it. interesting that's how uh, i know it, it resonated with me well these songs a lot of it on the last album as well like these structures they're they're like the reason why i keep bringing up death metal is because when i think of death metal i think of haphazard riffs so like riff 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 mm. that's how it feels like i mean there's no like rhyme or reason to the songs it's just like crazy riff to crazy riff crazy section like on psychic corn there's like the section at four minutes super snappy that comes in out of nowhere it's really cool but it's like there's nothing makes sense on this album mm. nothing makes sense it's just pure chaos which is appropriate it is mayhem indeed uh yeah i think it's a good album i mean despite how cool it is i don't think any of it's going to stick with me it's just it's too difficult and too chaotic um, there's not like a lot of tangible catchiness. There's no like, there's no real hooks, but uh, there were never there was never hooks to begin with. There were some hooks on that first album, okay. dog. Right. Pretty, but right. like, I don't know. The, the production is is adds character to it. It feels good. It's pr- it's produced a perform. I mean, rather it's performed like a f- absolute beast. Um, it's a tough sell, but I think it's fucking cool. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's a tough sell for extreme music fans. Uh, regular people, sure, but um, yeah, maybe you're right. I yeah, I think it's fucking cool. Well, time to move on. We got two. Well, left do you want to go blasphemer? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah this is blasphemer's last time. I, I for some reason I thought we were one album after this. I, I got you, dog. So uh, Rune Erickson, blasphemer, uh, he left in August 2008 having played his last Norwegian show with the band at Oya Festivalen in Oslo on August 6th and uh, this is something this is what he said uh, I guess via Blabbermouth he says I've been playing my part in the band now for more than 13 years already having composed produced and released several albums with great vision dedication and craftsmanship to arrive at this crossroad of opposites sooner or later all things come to an end and in my case this circle is complete he says i felt tired of both the touring aspects amidst its turbulence and personal differences and also my role in the band so just- i would be tired after recording one album i get it one of these albums i Th- mean jesus thank you for your services blasphemy yeah yeah got godspeed or whatever it is you believe in also that this kind of sounds like a character in the musical cats there's mr mistopheles there's buster for jones and there's blasphemer erickson <laughs> it's very it's a very interesting cat holy shit he's the craziest cat no kid but we got two left you ready I'm ready. Hell yeah. This is 2014's Esoteric Warfare. Mm. 
Superhuman drumming. Superhuman drumming. I think this that, is where no it gets, This is where the drumming becomes human. Yeah. This is top level drumming. Is producing this. This album caught me so off guard in the like best way possible. It did me as well. Yeah. This is extreme. But here's some like T side uh, to vocals there. Instead of like the ugly production, it's like slightly better. It's slightly better, it's still kind of shitty though. Yeah. Fuck. That is cool. It is cool. Holy shit. Um, I wanted to give something up for later era, and this is personal favorite. Like this yeah. blew me away. This has like no business being this good. It so I was worried for a minute because I um I I've enjoyed that way more than my first two listens. Yeah. Because the first three tracks, I'm already like, this is getting overwhelming. Oh. It's becoming crazy. It's becoming too over the top with the the the. I mean, it's nonstop. There's just too many fucking riffs. It's hard. There's no limit for me to grab onto. And then by track four onward, I'm like, this this is fucking great. Yeah. I mean, the way this I in my opinion, the way it turns around is pretty unreal. Yeah. I know I'm becoming a uh, just absolute psychopath when I know I'm hooked from the beginning and you work. Yeah, because, dude, the first three tracks are intense. I mean, I, we heard Watchers. I mean, the, Jesus. I love Watchers. Uh, I'm surprised it took them this long to quote Oppenheimer. Oh, oh, oh. On uh, Trinity. I wonder is that, is that when they did? Yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. I wonder if they went to go watch it in IMAX. I'm sure that I bet they did. Uh, um and then yeah, towards the end, like those are very like Gorgira like guitar patterns. And I like some Gorgira. Yeah, so I was like surprised to hear that. And then like Pandemon. Oh yeah, Pan yeah. Fuck, dude. What like Holy shit. If they play that if they play that song live, they're fucking crazy people. It is pure chaos. The the, the stop and starts in the yes. intro are in are extreme. I mean, I've never heard a stop and start like that. Yeah, and then there's like mathy guitar riffs. Yeah. Like trademark Attila ugly singing fucking shit like. Yep. Yep. It's a wild that when that song came on, I was turned like, okay, wait, okay, there's something here. There's something, there's definitely something here. And then Malab comes on. I mean, fuck, fuck yes. yes, dude. It, it's the fucking best, man. It's, it's, it's one of the best. Yeah. It's more like haunting and it's, yep. yeah, it's trying more to be like haunting and creepy than it is like brutal and extreme. Uh, the uns, the like, the squealing vocals are legitimately like, upsetting and unsettling as opposed to like comical yeah yeah it's unsettling but it's weirdly groovy like the great bass and guitar lines like legitimately is one of the most melodic things they've done in a while yeah it, it gets heavy but it stays in the pocket it's very mid-paced and it, it's fucking 
it's chunky and it feels good. Uh, I love the band venturing anytime they take a little trip into like doom metal territory, yep. like v- Visek. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. It's great. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, my, uh, I think my, my favorite song, I mean, yeah, I, I probably between Malab and post human mm. post human. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's just so fucking cool. Uh, I, I like, the guitar does these things. I think it's for sure in the beginning and maybe like at the end where it's like, it's slow and they're doing these like creepy frills and it's just, it's killer. Yeah. This is mean based on these really twisted guitar lines. Uh, feels so damn cool when, it, when it's, you know, during the slower, heavier sections. Uh, and then it has, when it goes brutal, it has the, or it goes fast and brutal. Uh, these tritone, chords that just like they're like they're ringing out but you don't know like when they're coming in or they feel mm. random it's and it somehow that adds to it it just like it feels very just unhinged and, and unpredictable and rabid uh and then around halfway gets doomy again it just fucking it just rips. Yeah. i think the the biggest critique i have is the last song oh really yeah i think it's not it's not bad um it's just not as unique as the rest of the album is um it's like i said it's not like it doesn't leave a bad taste in my mouth but it's also like i can point to the other songs and point out how they're individually insane and this one is just is kind of okay i like it it was it ion centella yes um the those vocals are depraved on that song oh i it's Tilla, baby. Yeah, Tilla's something else. But it's like, it's a little proggy. It's on the slower side, but I and it, I actually really like the way it fades out. It fades out with this intensely horrific guitar riff. I think mm-hmm. they sound fucking great. Um, by the way, didn't even uh, mention uh, up top. New lineup, of course, since we don't have Blasphemer. Now we have Telok and Ghoul. The next album on Apple Music, they had some quotes from Telok. And this guy, this seems hilarious. To really? Me. Like, usually the, like, track-by-track breakdowns on Apple Music, once in a while, they're insightful. But for the most part, it's just kind of like, oh, no shit. The song's about heartbreak. I couldn't I couldn't tell. Yeah. I I love his comments about... I wrote some of them oh, down. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. excited for that. Yeah. He seems like a genuine, like, hilarious person. Interesting. Yeah, uh... Tom noted here. He says, uh, "Apparently, yeah, Prentice Lock is in. Um, he's, he's a former stand-in for Cradle Phil. Oh, there we go. That's why I like him. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's oh, um, Ghoul. Cool. Ghoul is the former stand-in. Yeah, Telok is sometimes uh, for for Gorgoroth. Sorry. And Tom says, seems Erickson was or Blasphemer was so good they had to replace him twice. Now they got two guitars, and yeah, it's the most. It's I think probably like the most extreme metal that." extreme album they have because it's as extreme as like the last couple but way more tangible and and engaging and memorable there's like the riffs here are really interesting there's way more diversity um for sure i think where the the last album was more of a vibe more atmospheric this is like it captured it captured that atmosphere and then like bought more like more technical songwriting to it the songwriting got way more technical speaking of which who wrote these i don't know who wrote these songs because because blasphemer was the main writer and he's gone and it might it 
because I know on the next album, Telok and Ghoul wrote a, a good amount of the next album. So, so. It, so it's funny how like the original members of Mayhem don't write any of the music. Yeah. And they're it's just, always the new guys. It's smart, though. They're, they're good songs, but it's fucking bizarre how that's the case. Like, Yeah. Telok wrote most of the album. He fucking... Yeah, I mean, doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. He he wrote most of it, and then Attila wrote the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It's always the case. The singer writes lyrics, and whatever new guitarist they have in there writes all the music. It's it's pretty wild. And these are really complicated songs. Yeah, with crazy breaks. I I wonder how much collaborating is going on in in the rehearsal studio. It just makes me wonder how it looks. Very interesting. Yeah, but it's a fucking, like I'm actually trying to teach people these songs. You have to be spectacular. That's the only yeah. way. You have to be spectacular. Um, but yeah, Alex's personal favorite. It's a fucking cool. I mean, first listen, I was like, this is really actually good. And I thought it was a fluke. I thought it was just gonna be a mood thing, and I went back to it. It's still it's pretty goddamn fun. Mm-hmm. Uh intense, of course, like every album, but pretty fucking rad. But we got one more. Yes, sir. Now we're in the modern times, even though this was four years ago. Uh, <laughs> here we are, baby. This is 2019's Damon. We're probably due for a new, yeah, probably Mayhem album sooner rather than later. And now... You listen to those drums? That's classic black metal drums. Yeah. This, this, like... They're like, okay, we're tired of being moody. We're just gonna like come out, punch you in the face. If you listen to the riffs, it feels black metal again. It doesn't feel like black death or like you know the crazy technical stuff. It feels like they're trying black metal, straight black metal again. That bass line fucking rules. section is pretty fucking cool too so if i uh, if go, go ahead another unlikely like this is, this is really, it's really good if if i didn't love the debut so much this would be personal favorite yeah because i think this is so good i do like that we both have a a favorite from the like more modern i didn't think it was gonna be this good yeah like yeah this album fucking rules and it's it's as though they were are just it's it's so weird it it feels like the follow up to you know demisterious mm. it, it feel um it's still a completely different type of song different songwriting of course different writer but uh it feels like that classic style again that's there's no the blasting it doesn't really go faster than that that mm. often there's no more insane inhuman only a machine can move that fast drums anymore like all the crazy technical death metal stuff that we had from the last few albums are it's pretty much gone and the double picking is back uh, the double picking well you got two guitar players got two guitar players but no i mean like double picking like um when you think of 
it's just when he's drumming really fast without mm-hmm. palm eating. That's double picking. Uh, that's what's really characteristic of a lot of black metals, like double picking these guitar lines. It was pretty much missing for a lot of the whole chunk of albums we just talked about. It's back here. The riffs, they're back to being super melodic. They're back to being evil sounding. Uh, they're they're just catchier. Like I can actually remember them. It's it's back to being like a really tangible, interesting, de- uh, sorry, black metal album. Yeah. Um, next song, Agenda Ignis. Yep. So earlier you were, you brought up, you know, not speaking Latin. Yeah. And then so Telox says it's supposed to be Latin, but I don't know Latin. I think it means flammable agenda or something. <laughs> That's what Google Translate told me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the most evil band in the world. I read that and I was like, I hope you're distance and most of the songs he's just like i i don't know what the fuck i don't know what they're about because who cares Is yeah the music cool yeah <laughs> he's fucking hilarious um it's also funny because there's like this quick little like bass section where i'm like that sounds really fucking cool yeah and then the the comedy continues because he brings up that bass section and he's like yeah, I realized it was the same effect Bon Jovi uses <laughs> on living for a prayer. You living on a prayer? Oh, yeah. So also, maybe it's not cool. <laughs> I think it's more cool. Uh, I think I think it's hilarious that like after the fact, he realized what it was from. And then he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Bon Jovi's <laughs> cool, dude. It turns out Bon Jovi's metal. And there's also these like effects at the end of the s- song that they're not DJ scratches, but they no. kind of do sound like DJ scratches. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Uh, and then, yeah, Bad Blood. Bad Blood fucking absolutely rules. That's the first guitar solo. I don't know how in how long. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing now on this wiki snippet, Telok wrote most of the music and most of the lyrics. Yeah. Like, he did. Attila wrote lyrics for one song, Necro Butcher, one song, Hellhammer and Ghoul, also one song each. Uh, and Ghoul wrote, um, he wrote Bad Blood, uh, Malum, and Of Worms and Ruins, but everything else, everything else is Telok. Mm-hmm. It's pretty um, insane. I do, I do like Malum. Um, he said it's like hearkening back to like Death Crush. Yeah. It, which makes sense. It is one of the more like rocking songs. Really headbanging. They're, they're, they're back to being headbanging. Yeah. Also on this album. Plenty of operatic vocals. Yes. They're pretty hilarious. <laughs> I still like the riffs quite a bit. Uh, falsified and hated. Yeah. Like, just such a fucking chaotic ending to that song. Oh, yeah. I'm, I fucking love it. There's a break around a minute 40. That's like really big, boomy and echoey. Mm. Uh, like toms have the toms on that section have every reverb in the world added to them sounds real good it sounds pretty cool uh but it's like it really f- it that song in particular man it just that double kick energy feels great it feels like black metal again like classic black mm-hmm. metal i didn't like the other stuff but just i missed it i forgot it was there um go ahead go ahead. oh aeon yeah demonium yeah uh yeah aeon demonium uh those are not black. I love the more like military style yeah. drum patterns. And then like around the four minute mark. 425. That, yeah. That is some of Hellhammer's finest work. Fucking awesome breakdown. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Great song. Was it uh worthless abomination is destroyed? Comes in high speed 
I just I love that riff so fucking much. Yeah, I just thought of Frank Reynolds and it's always sunny. So, anyways, I started blasting. <laughs> That's this song. You just start blasting Pretty right much. up. Yeah. That uh that song has the closest thing to a sad riff mm. that mayhem is a thing has ever done it's not it's not sad it's still ugly and evil but i i don't know it's just i just think of that i like uh Telox said uh he was like i just wanted to like overwhelm people with that song uh-huh. um maybe you're hoping the riff will change into something more likable <laughs> but it won't <laughs> i like it uh, someone in a black metal band shouldn't be this funny that's pretty funny yeah yeah i wonder how much of that is like the language barrier too which makes it even funnier oh yeah like you're watching an episode of death clock or something yeah <laughs> uh there's a you know big evil build-up intro to uh damon spawn i love that song that is you know you could argue that all these songs are appropriate to listen to when playing bloodborne yeah yeah probably that Definitely. is the most bloodborne oh yeah i mean i love those fucking drums man it gets very doomy really but really really good drums I do busy f- busy hi-hat stuff yeah there is something about that where i do feel like i'm on a foggy cobblestone street and deranged werewolf people are trying to kill me and in- included with the theatrical vocals yes so. pretty hilarious and uh but he, it feels fucking great i mean the vocals are pretty goofy but he telox said that's his favorite song because the like simplicity of the riffs and he's like mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to write like simple riffs because i want to just keep adding to it uh interesting and he's like i had restraint on that one it's a good song not too bad uh and i find yeah across the board i just find all these riffs to be just catchy and intangible and, and easy to, to hook onto like of worms and runes is is both tangible and hooky it's it's black metal to a t but it fucking it feels great it's like that's funny you thought it was hooky because i think that is like the ugliest really yeah. well i mean like I mean, it is ugly. They're all yeah. really ugly. Sure, but I don't know. It just feels good. <laughs> uh, my weak, one of the weakest thing here, if not my least favorite, yeah, I think is um, invoke the oath, the close, the, the not counting the bonus tracks, the closer. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of felt like I know there's only so many black metal riffs, but I kind of felt like some of the riffage was like similar to of room worms and ruins, so it felt more like a continuation, redundant a little bit. But like in a way where it's like we're thematically not like, uh, oh, we're lazy, but more just like a continuation. What I got was the, the those riffs, I think, is the ugliest thing on the album by miles. And one of the ugliest things they've ever done. I mean, yeah, it's it's like the t- I don't, it's just I can't even explain how ugly the, it's like. It's so ugly. I I like the ebon there's like an ebon flow of that song where there's the the ugly stuff it's like minimal and ugly but then there's like complex fast sections and mm-hmm. going back and forth between the to- rules there's like timpani drums on I like timpani drums are this a good good addition here especially with black metal stuff uh and then they got some couple of bonus tracks on streaming um they got everlasting dying flame and black glass communion so yeah it's funny that you said this feels like the like follow-up to uh yeah the, the debut yeah because uh he this said he straight out took riffs from there 
Yeah, I recognized it. <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I couldn't uh, pinpoint which riff I was thinking of. I was like, this sounds just like one of the early riffs. Like, yeah, he I just double checked the, the song title. Yeah, he yeah. didn't he didn't say which ones, but yeah, he's just like I took them and I like reworked them for for this song. And uh, you know what? Good on that dude for just being like, this is this is what it is. Um, although. If this feels like a little tedious, I get why it's a bonus track. Yeah, yeah. Both both bonus, tra- bonus tracks are like they're. The, I like both songs fine, but uh, I it's too much. I think at the end of it, I agree. But I actually really do enjoy uh, Black Glass Communion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it could maybe like maybe if you threw it in the middle of that. I don't know if that would work, but. Maybe it would have just been better off, like, save for an EP or something. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it has some punkiness to it, which is kind of wild. Yeah, uh, I think that's why it worked a little better for me than um, Everlasting yeah. Dying Flame. It has a different feel. It definitely has a more, more of a personality to it. So I guess this is the first major label album. I That's crazy that Century... Century Media? Because, yeah, I remember, like, following them uh, back in the day when I... Like listen to, oh Sony, Sony, yeah. So yeah. Tom notes here that like um, the uh, started out, uh, Century Media started out as a German heavy metal label in '88, but in 2015 Sony swallowed them up. Bands past and present on the label: Asphyx, Shopping Young Lad, check out that episode, Napalm Death, I Hate God, Iced Earth, and Lacuna Coil. I used to listen to some uh, some iced earth. Those were those were dark days. Dark days, huh? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, shadow shadows fall was like. I thought that band was going to be like the future of metal when oh. I was in high school. I remember hearing a lot of that, but I mean, not listening to like people talking about that band. They have one album that still fucking rules, and then they kind of went in a direction I don't personally like i'm sure a lot of people do but um that's when i started paying attention to sanctuary media i was like what else you guys got uh i see uh but yeah this album fucking rules i think it's my favorite since the debut uh i think it's if it's like classic black metal but more technical and chaotic and tighter much tighter much more much more tight um it's it's just memorable and hooky to me despite its extreme bitterness and i i fucking love it but they're still around. I think in 2021, they released the Atavistic Black Disorder uh, Commando single or, or EP or whatever. It's it's a mix of their own music alongside punk covers, which is why I didn't add it to this because there's a lot of covers on mm-hmm. it. But there is a they apparently were asked by Loudwire to list their favorite punk albums, which I think is a very interesting question for a band like Mayhem. Yeah. Um, so it says here, Necro Butcher, who was more keen to riff on what punk means to Mayhem rather than singling out any one specific album, said, Mayhem have always been drawn toward the extreme in every type of music. The punk bands that I could relate to back in the days were typically those that crossed over between metal and punk, such as GBH, Discharge, and Chaotic Discord, as well as later bands such as Crumb Suckers and Warfare. So according to uh, Attila's favorites or City Baby Attacked by Rats by GBH, he says it was it's, it was so vital, extreme, punchy, and straightforward. Uh, when it came out in 1982, it's really hard to describe. It just blew me away. Uh, so weird thinking of Attila listening to GBH. Uh, almost as weird as Telloc listing uh, Rich Kids on LSD, <laughs> Rock and Roll Nightmare. I have never heard that bad until right now. Oh, I, I never listened to them. I, they've always been around and never never sat down listening to him which is uh interesting um was it a uh, ghoul picked uh no more heroes by the stranglers 
really weird. It's a 1977 album. He says this uh, this one is a nice balance between the all-out punk sound and that unusual Doors-like synth sound they had. Uh, the do keyboards belong in black metal debate has been going on almost since the start. And the same question we was asked about punk mainly because of this band. It's very interesting. Um, the Exploited, Tubes of Tomorrow, uh, Local Live by the Ramones, uh, never mind the Bullocks, but Six Pestles, of course. And then Plastic Surgery Disasters by Dead Candies. Uh, it's a, a favorite of Attila's. Hell yes, check out that episode in Dead Candies. It's uh, my favorite, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's fucking wild. That it's it's also refreshing because you ask a, a young Euronymist the same question, he'll just disown it and be like, yeah. no, no, it's dog shit. We make the best. We make black metal is the only true music. Well, I guess there's not an old Euronymist. There is not an old Euronymist, but... Uh, yeah, man. Holy shit. What a wild fucking discography. Uh, Tom says, by the time this episode goes out, Mayhem will have just finished an October tour of North America with Cannibal Corpse. So I maybe would like to see Mayhem live. It, Cannibal Corpse, I don't care for. I don't mind Cannibal Corpse. I never really got into them, but they're fine. Uh, yeah, this, I imagine it'd be loud and exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said maybe. Yeah. Got to think about it. But holy hell, we made it to the end of this fucking wild discography. Fat, long episode as usual. But thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out with us. Let's do a little recap. Uh, Bess, the mysterious Dom Santos. Satanus. Yeah. Satanus. Chimera, worst, least favorite. Boring by the number stuff. Uh, personal favorite, esoteric warfare. Holy shit, I was not expecting modern error mayhem to be as good as it is it's pretty fucking nutty uh for me the mysterious don't satana's best and personal favorite it's the classic and it's it's just my style of fucked up album i just like the songs the most and it's also really consistent uh yeah it's i it's just solid even that but you have to be ready for it i mean that's that's fucking weird i've heard it so many times and i wasn't ready for it and it's just not gonna fucking land uh and then Chimera Worsley's favorite. Uh, it's just pretty hard to... It doesn't stick. It just does not stick with me at all. Um, intense and brutal and impressive, but hard to, hard to remember. Um, and I would... Just, I mean, shout out to fucking Damon. <laughs> Damon, Damon. Oh, yeah. Fucking Damon Waynes. It, it's such a fucking... I was not expecting my f- second favorite to be the most recent album. I mean, holy shit. That interviewer should ask them what their favorite Wayne's Brothers movies were. Absolutely. White Chicks. But it's not my actual favorite. But I watched that movie for the first time recently. For the first time? Dude. Dude. You know. How does that movie exist? I could record a whole podcast about that movie. It's fucking nuts it's i watched that in theaters <laughs> oh my fucking god yeah dude holy shit but thank you so much for listening and watching happy halloween of course to everyone watching this on the day it drops uh yeah if you want to hang out with us further talk some shit in the comments tell us why we don't know what we're talking about because we don't like metal I'm the sure same way you do purists will find this episode and i'm you, sure they you, yeah. you'll do what you'll do do what you do whatever but if you're cool go you listen can- to sunbather <laughs> Go listen, go listen to you know, great contemporary black metal album, Sunbather. Uh, yeah, uh, 
thumbs up if you like it. Subscribe if you want to hang out with us further. Follow me on all social media at Panda Monkey and Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Please follow our history guy Tom Osmond at Tom Osmond Sounds on all social media as well as Tom Osmondsounds.com. Uh, he does all the dirt digging as well as he gets uh, albums for us. And it's very handy, very cool. Uh, you can also, and I would encourage you to please join the Patreon, patreon.com slash every album ever. That's where you go. You get bonus episodes. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to join the fucking discord and be a part of our community. Uh, and also suggest our EAE singles episodes on that discord for your tier two members. You can suggest a full discography to cover on our big long episodes like this one, as well as suggest individual albums for us to cover on Patreon bonus episodes. So go there and do that, please. And thank you. Give us monies. Or we will turn your skull into a necklace. You're, yeah, that, that. Uh, also, check out my AP. There's a link to that in the description. Uh, I guess we let's, what, what, what we going to wrap it with? I, this is a heavy burden that I'm going to pass to you. Oh. Especially because you this have way more knowledge and history than I do. Oh, boy. And I feel like in my heart of hearts, you're, you're going to make the right choice. I think... Yo, man, you know what? Mm. I, I, I got to go with my gut. Yeah. Cursed in Eternity from the debut. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.